It, it, it's super it's weird. Awesome. Cool. Super. I did find out that seals have sex with penguins today. Oh, oh cold nice. Ice. Cold ice. Save that. Save that. <laughs> Save that for the show. I'll tell you. It's the holiday season, so doop-de-doop and dickery-dock, and don't forget to turn up your clock radio, because it's a super friend super show, and you're catching us, I assume, on a clock radio. Did I have you no, say there's like, no other, like a clock radio? <laughs> there's no other way to enjoy this program. This is issue number 158, I believe. Sean Dwyer, Sean Brennan, Adam Patterson. It's the holiday season. and You all believe, the, or you know? I don't know. I do, I believe. That's... <laughs> That's the question I've been asking myself in front of my mirror the whole holiday season. Do I believe? The, the blow-up Santa Claus on my lawn says, yes. Yes, I do. It's just <laughs> nodding as he, <laughs> he fills just, in. and it's just, <laughs> He's like a very poor man's kind of car salesman streamer thing. And he's just... Adam takes it as a sign of the season. It, it is. It is. And, and which... Which in theory means that whenever I put it out, it right. is the season, whether uh. it is August, whether it is, whether it is March, whether whether I leave it all year round. Christmas <laughs> is in your heart and also in that dark corner of your garage where you keep the inflatable Santa. Right. That is right. the saying, I think. I just say that that sounds that sounds very emotional. You yes. know, like Christmas is is both. It is both. <laughs> And thank you for joining us on this special Christmas edition of the Super Friends Super Show, where we talk about superhero movie news and the comics and, and the things relating to those two. And C- Cthulhu, apparently, was what I was going to say. Cthulhu wait, wait, comes wait, out every Cthul- so often. Cthulhu or Cthulhu? Because ah, they're two you, different guys. Are they? Tell me yeah. about them. Tell me about the uh, the difference between. Oh, so Cthulhu is the big ancient like demigod, and Cthulhu is just a guy who was inhabited with like a Cthulhu face. Where is that from? <laughs> that is from I have Jeff not heard of that no, second That's that from second Jeff one. Lemire's Black Hammer. Hmm. Uh from Dark Horse, which is weird. I've been reading a lot of Dark Horse recently. Yeah. Um surprisingly doing well. Like besides just everything with Hellboy, they have a re- they Dark have a Horse few- Comics is yeah. what yes. you're referring to for people. No, who I just are I, not. I mean I've just been reading Dark Horses. <laughs> yes. Like I go outside. They I have I, a message. I paint I I paint snow on them, and I, I, I see what comes up. It's like reading tea leaves, only yeah, horses. Yeah. It's just like that. They have a lot just of like wisdom that. to pass along. So much wisdom. Much more wisdom than, say, even Dark Horse comics occasionally, depending on what, what issue you're picking up of the Dark Horse comics. And on the show, we're going to be covering, oh, God, we have a special super secret Santa that we're going to take part in this time of year, and also a... Super holiday edition of the Super Showdown, where we take a topic and then we decide once and for all what is the quintessential example of that topic. For example, today it is the greatest Christmas story ever told. We are going to bring an example, each of us, to the Super Showdown cage arena. We're going to lock the top. We're going to pop it inside the pop and lock in ourselves inside the super showdown arena. And we are going to then present, bring our offerings to the, the showdown arena as far as what we think is our best superhero, non non superhero. I should say this doesn't have to be a superhero uh, Christmas story ever told. Generally the greatest Christmas story ever told. Is, so, is Jesus a superhero? Yes. <laughs> so not eligible. So any story having to do with Jesus, I should have said this beforehand. Any story having to do with Jesus Christ or any version of which which means Superman who comes from the house of El, which is Hebrew right. for God, meaning that he is the Christ figure. We can't talk about him either. We cannot talk about him. We also can't talk about the superstar version of Jesus. Oh, that's true. Not yes, eligible. That. Yeah, not eligible. Right, that's right. Or anything pertaining to a uh, fantastic uh, coat. Um, oh, yeah. 
any type of leave your coats at the leave door. Leave your please. coats. At what about Jesus? Jesus. Can we can we bring in Jesus? Um, I'm gonna we're gonna have to leave that up to the super judges <laughs> who will grade these offerings as they are presented in the Super Soja Showdown Arena later on in the show. Fair. And and also thing is uh, so obviously we're gonna have our our super secret Santa where our Justice League friends and affiliates will we're gonna be exchanging gifts with them. So we're gonna be selecting who we're gonna be ex- exchanging gifts with, and then we are gonna receiving be receiving some gifts in return and we're going to decide who's doing the best as far as uh, making an appropriate purchase and gift for each of those people so you guys excited about that and also of course we're going to be talking about the week that was in the world of superhero movie news and comics and right off the top of the lock i'm, I'm going to stop trying to tie back to what i talked about t- popping and locking earlier on the segment oh thank god uh a couple things uh obviously has happened you've got star wars the last jedi is out You've got people are mad. People are mad. We'll we'll get into that. Well, Star Wars: Last Jedi is finally in the theaters. You have finally. We've talked about it for for a number of shows up until now. You have Disney Marvel merging with Fox Studios, mm-hmm. so that's a huge deal. Uh, it, it was huger several months ago when the rumors were coming out. Now it just sort of feels like all right, it happened. Now well, how do we how do we deal uh, with that information? And also uh, David Ayer who directed Suicide Squad is saying that his film Gotham City Sirens is not dead and is very much in production. So that's interesting. So where do you guys want to lead off on here on the big board? First off, David Ayer has been saying Suicide or the um, Gotham Sirens has not been dead for months now, that's which right. to me says that it is dead. Very much and, dead. And he's just Insecure. he's just hoping against hope or or do it's it, it's like that person who's gone to the asylum who says, you know, no, I'm not crazy. No, I'm not crazy. No, I'm not. Yes. Yes, do you, you are. Do you think it's he's going to he's trying to be Ryan Reynolds with Deadpool, where if you keep saying it and Could keeps be. champing it, Could championing be. it, that like it's going to happen. He's going to be like, no, no, it's going to happen. I made so much money off. The first Suicide Squad movie with Margot Robert. Uh, He's excited to yeah. get her back in the in the Harley Quinn suit. I, I could I could see suit. You, 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 you mean <laughs> Short like, shorts? Yeah, yeah, the panties and the shirt. It's a that's suit. It. I go out and that's what I typically wear to my outings, my Christmas outings. That's what I wore this year. That's not true. It is true. No, no, no for work, right? I remember yeah. I remember seeing the photos and I thought, wow, he nared a lot. It's all like, you know, dry cleaning. I never make the dry cleaning in time, so it was just whatever I had pressed. Makes sense. <laughs> Makes sense. I could tell. I could tell. So it, David Ayer is he was core he of course is the the director of Suicide Squad and the film was not well received. Um it, oh it, no, it was well received by people who don't know what a good movie is. That's true. And he, those people frequent Hot Topic. A now lot. during that whole entire production of that film, you know, there, obviously there's there's much historied uh, a lot of talk as far as the studio Warner Brothers getting very involved in that project and therefore kind of handcuffing David Ayer and having the movie recut by a a trailer, a studio that really just does trailers. The people that cut the movie, they cut the trailer rather, they cut the movie. So there was it was really kind of a weird Frankenstein by the end of it. And I cannot ma- imagine match David Ayer's vision. So David Ayer is getting a second shot if his words now are, are to be believed. However, I think it says more that in... Warner Brothers, DC's um, most recent announcement over at the over in Brazil, their their um, the Comic Con experience in Sao Brazil, where they announced their whole slate of movies that are 
currently in production, they did not mention Gotham City Sirens. So if this film is really, <laughs> you know, at the forefront of their of their thoughts and minds, they would have announced it. Yeah, I'm I'm just waiting for them to like either either Air or Warner Brother to like sell it off to Vivid. Mm-hmm. And and have them and have them do an adult version yes. of the Gotham Sirens and have you know, well it writes itself. Well, because it they've really already does. they've already done Vivid's already done Batman, Superman, Spider Man. Exactly. Like mm-hmm. they, they they've done the Justice League. They've done Avengers. So just can fodder. Oh God, it's so great. What's funny is that the sometimes the production and the costumes are better mm-hmm. on those than they are in the big like in the big billion dollar movie production company <laughs> where it's like, huh, I never expected China from WWE fame to look so much like She-Hulk. Well, you know, you have uh, people who are focused on the, on this with a big motion with a big, uh, big, big blockbuster for major studio. You have a lot of people who are involved, you know, CGI is a thing marketing. So with, the smaller productions, as you're referring to, they can focus on making sure that the costumes look good, the aesthetics. And, and they have a lot of passion. You know, a lot of passion. <laughs> they have a passion lot of passion. Drives, yes. Those drives are passion those projects. Films. Oh, yeah, it totally does. Absolutely. So It's David in their Ayer, veins and everything else. So <laughs> take what you will from this from this quote from David Ayer, again, the director of Suicide Squad, who is still championing this project, Gotham City Sirens. He says, I think it will be quite soon, is referring to when the movie will quite be soon. in production. There's so much more to explore with her, uh, referring to Harley Quinn. I can't wait. I hope next year, but with the bigger films, it takes a lot longer to get it up and running. I, I, and I think that completely undoes what he originally said. Exactly. I, like, yeah, you have five or six films who are ahead of you in the line. And you're admitting that you're a smaller film in comparison. I don't know what. He, so what? I'm, seven I'm years waiting, from now? <laughs> I'm waiting for him Hopefully. to like pull a uh, not Tom Hardy, but yeah. uh, who's Tom Thomas Jane, where he loved the Punisher so much that he funded a small five mm-hmm. minute short film. I was like, look, I could do it again. You know, <laughs> this year I was like, that's cool. But eh. no, it, it was him and Ari. I forget the guy's last name, but like he's the same guy that did. The Power Rangers one, like yes. the, the mm-hmm. gritty Power Rangers. Um, I really hope that everything that DC does right now, right, doesn't go past anything. Well, like, it's interesting because in that in that announcement in uh, in Brazil that DC and Warner Brothers made, you, the movies that they announced, you had your Shazams, you had your uh, Green Lantern Corps uh, movie, but you don't have any films that have anything to do with Harley Quinn and Margot Robbie. Right, so. You wonder if they're waiting on if if maybe David Ayer is right and they're just going to announce those at a later date. And those really are part of the official slate of movies, but they don't want to officially announce those yet. So those are sort of just ones they're just not ready to announce the public. They're going to be announced maybe at Comic-Con next year. I mean, maybe. But they're still very much in production because it is weird that they would not have any Margot Robbie, Harley Quinn projects in, in the works at all. I mean, that is to, weird to me. I mean, to be honest that character really drove a mm-hmm. lot of the sales. Um, right. It drove every Halloween costume. Because they said that, that year. Suicide Squad is in production. Suicide Squad 2, I should yeah, say, is I in production. But I don't know if Harley Quinn's going to be back for that one. I don't know why that's even All happening. All the rumors I'm hearing. Do you think that... So Zack Snyder's gone. Yes. So, Let's hope <laughs> they, that they've changed the lock so he can't get back in. Right? So <laughs> oh, God. now... So they're trying to go forward with a less dark, yeah. less gritty sort of take on the DC EU mm-hmm. DC poop. Um, do you think that they're they are going to 
keep trying to meddle in with this? Oh, or they can't help think, themselves. They can't or, help themselves. I mean, do, do you think that they're going to be like, okay, well, maybe we'll give you some credit this time. Do you think that maybe they're going to like let them let go on the leash just a little no, bit longer? No, no, because I think, well... well Suicide it, Squad 2 is going to be really... They're, they lost, you know, people did not enjoy Suicide Squad. Do you think Squad. the production company that cut it, it together is going gonna, is gonna to be like the director? Like, it's going to be a team of YouTube guys who like makes trailers who's going to be like, got the whole film. Might as well try to do it on do the it. cheap because they don't, they do not want to lose money on this film. People already, they've, they've already lost a lot of credibility with, with this, um, this franchise. So you cannot risk also losing money because that was the one thing that actually worked in their favor with Suicide Squad is that they made money with it. Right. And that's why they're getting the second one. Right, right. The only reason. It doesn't, it doesn't matter how it was received. They made money. Therefore, right. because I think there's a there's one of those automatic things where it's like 60% of all, not remakes, but, um, you know, sequels. volume two sequels mm-hmm. um, is guaranteed to make 60% of the original. Guaranteed. Like mm-hmm. that's that's one of those statistical facts type of weird things. So, you know, if you get a good one, um I mean, I'm not saying it's going to be Toy Story 2 good. That's better than the original, but it might be if they were to have somebody, if if they were to let go. But I think it's one of those things. It's like it's a control issue. You know, the, the studio can't let go of control because of fear of the stockholder or sure, fear of whoever. Sure. Well, also, it's called Suicide Squad. Right. How bright and shiny can you make that? That's right. The only thing I know about this film uh, I've heard that Marco Robey, Harley Quinn, is not going to be back in a, in a major capacity. That The Rock's Black Adam is going to be in this film. That's the only rumor I've heard about this film. That maybe they're going to be going to Kwanda or Kondok or whatever the, the country is that Black Adam oversees. Maybe they'll be doing that, which was my idea to begin with. Having to go into the, like this I, sovereign nation, you should be getting that where there's check this soon. Dictator, and where it would be create an in, in, international incident if the U.S. government went in there. So they have to send this rogue group of uh, Suicide Squad people who they cannot, who they don't have to take responsibility for if is things Will go Smith south. Back? Ah, boy, great question. Will Smith is uh, having like, some hard times right now. You, you were talking with to me about this Netflix. Uh, yeah. movie that is out right now that is bright. not getting bright which i um which is which actually is a movie that we talked about on the show in the, in the past yep. i believe right bright well it's, it's also a david ayer film too. it is oh right. interesting so uh, that's not getting great reviews right now so heard, i've Will seen Smith's nothing but the worst credibility is just kind of going down down well down. i mean do you think that they are possibly going to um, bring in a new cast of characters for this mm. suicide oh squad? i think so i think you kind of have to i think there's such a, a negative association with the previous cast characters. I think they want to try to get a, they try to, they, I think they want to try to give this one as best as they can a fresh coat of paint, saying these are not, you know, anything. Well, well think about it. you have you have a couple of people that are gone. You have right. the um, the sorceress that's gone. Mm-hmm. You have um, you probably won't have a Joker in there. You won't have the same Batman. You you know that that nixes a good deal of your yeah. your star power outside of Robey and um, Will Smith. You know, I, I could see Will Smith coming back with The Rock and trying to be sort of like either a buddy cop or, you know, right. a buddy bad guy type of thing. Um, but I could still – right. I could see Will Smith still maybe being part of this. Yeah. Because you need a leading man and The Rock, if he's going to be a bad guy as Black Adam, he – you know, obviously he's your big antagonist. But you, so you need someone to oppose yeah. him. And so it, this could work. If you go in a completely different direction from the first I'd one, say which I see them doing, you go full Jason Statham. Yeah, 
Uh, what, what was what was what was the movie where they had all the old school action stars? Mm-hmm. Oh, um, they did three of them, and now I can't think of it. Oh, the Incredibles, Indestructibles, the Incredibles. In, the, yeah, the the Ingeriatric Training. <laughs> um, that I think they should do that where they get like Invincibles. Yeah, no, some, no, something. Who no, knows? Incredibles. Yeah. Oh, I forget. Immeasurably For the life old. Of me. It's immeasurably old. But I think if you do that, where you get where you kind of go more action heavy because mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. still have to have Amanda Waller there, you right? S- she's kind of your your consistent center character. Yeah, who and kinda makes I think you still have to have around. a Rick Flag. Rick Flag? Uh, did he die? I don't know. No, no, he didn't die. I'm thinking of of someone. I'm thinking of you're uh, thinking of the Native Clint American Eastwood's, guy. No, I'm also thinking of Clint Eastwood's son, who is who played a very small role in this. I don't I don't remember That's his fine. son. Uh, Captain Boomerang. I think we'll. Pro- I don't. I if you think people liked Captain Boomerang, I'm just looking through past Suicide Squad members who have appeared in the comics. Uh, you got Blockbuster. Who is a character? He's powerful. That's someone that sounds good. That could be an option. Uh, Blockbuster, Nightshade, Killer Frost. They could do Killer Frost. People, She has uh, some name value, Killer Frost. Oh, because isn't of the she Flash on the CW, show. though? You could still use her. Parasite. Uh, that's people. You could bring in Martian Manhunter. Manhunter was in this. Vixen. Uh, a lot of people you could choose a lot of anti-heroes you could choose to be part of this so you could even have poison ivy be part of this and as kind of a backdoor pilot for gotham city sirens to kind of introduce audiences to that character yeah for I a mean, future film i, I don't really know, you could do that. i really think what you were saying is that they should definitely bring in a mostly new cast of characters. Yeah, you have kind a of lot of, your... you know, I'm just going, I just, you know, I just lazily went on Wikipedia and just, I just lazily did this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would hope well, that this... there's, there's thousands of them that right. can and have, or, or would be a part of it. So yeah. The, the Suicide Squad's existed since the eighties. There's a ton of characters that have been a part of the Suicide Squad over the years. The studio has, you know, obviously they have their pick of other characters who are not in the first film to choose from. They won't, because they're lazy. They're like, well... Because they're lazy. At this point, I've heard that they're not coming back, but I would not be surprised if you have 50% of the original Suicide Squad cast back for the second one and they're in the yeah, same I'm, spot because people didn't like those characters. Yeah, I'm, and I'm sure they're the, they're the, the lower-named or whatever else. And right. It's like, okay. Right? So we'll see what, where this goes. David Ayer, uh, I would not think his stock is very high after the original Suicide Squad film. Uh, I, I can't recall exactly who's going to be doing Suicide Squad Two, they're not bringing him back to do it, but and Bright apparently is not being well. Have you seen Bright yet? I, I've seen, I see Netflix. I saw parts of it, but yeah. I didn't, I didn't see the full thing of it. Honestly, I, yeah, I saw, I saw like probably about five, ten minutes of it, and it seemed really interesting. It was, I love the concept of it. The concept right. I think is is brilliant, but at the same time, I think the big thing for it is that first off, you don't launch a major fantasy film right before Christmas. That doesn't seem like it yeah. works, and. And I don't know if they necessarily build it properly or at least market it properly because the whole thing is like, you know, modern day almost Lancelot, you know, King Arthur because they're looking for Excalibur and you have elves and dwarves and, and a, in a modern day setting. And it's yeah. a very dark, you know, uh, dark alternate universe type of thing. So it's it almost it, it almost looked like it was trying to be. Uh, not training day, but I'm trying to think of the, the no, one no, with Jake, I, Jake Gyllenhaal and what's his name. Um, oh, oh yeah, I totally forget the actor, but I know what movie you're talking about. Where it's all just the, the yeah, steady it, cam. It's yeah, all the yeah, exactly. Steady, steady cam, cop, 
cop dramas, South Central LA, you know, that yeah. type of thing. Only only they're they're trying to mix in sort of a Tarantino esque with the with the briefcase, only only it's the Excalibur. You know, it's like, okay, I love the concept. Mm-hmm. So is the concept basically it's like a buddy cop thing where they pair yeah. up a, yeah. a, a real human with an elf I think it's an orc. in this world oh, where, an orc. Yeah. Yeah. Matt, where like you know you have like elfish type creatures mixing in with the general population and they're yeah. teaming yeah. up. Okay. So, well, so it, that's, it, that's the it's, idea. It's written by Max Landis. So like oh, when, I've on, heard that right. On paper, Max He's Landis. A lot of hate. I Max Landis and David Ayer on paper are great. Yeah. Um from what I've heard, I don't know if this is because usually Netflix doesn't seem to do a lot of meddling mm-hmm. with their products, with their TV, right. with their with their originals. But Maybe this is one of those times that they needed to meddle, or maybe this is one of those times where something happened. Max I, Landis, didn't he? Hasn't he? His name been brought up as far as uh, oh, yeah. sexual allegations. And no, that's why. no, no, no. Max Landis is. Remember those Triple H videos? And oh, no, Superman? I know who Max Landis is. Oh, okay. I'm just saying. I thought I saw his name attached to. I don't want to get sued for no for libel. That was T.J. Miller recently. Okay. Okay, so Max Landis is clean. I, He's a I clean so and so, but I've seen his name kind of brought up in uh, negative oh, no. light. But oh, I'm gonna no. have to do a little bit more research before I uh, kind of drag him through the mud. On this show, speaking of dragging through the mud, have either of you yet seen Star Wars: The Last Jedi in the theaters? Adam, have you seen it yet? I have not, and Adam. I kind of, I kind of refuse to see Star Wars in the theater just because yeah. I don't. Are you a big Star Wars? It, see, okay, fan. This is this is one of those things. I am a huge Star Wars fan. Okay. But the big issue is that I'm kind of a jerk when it comes to societal things. Like I will, I still haven't watched Friends or Seinfeld. Are you planning on getting for, around for to those? It? No, but before for the reasons that they are too popular. Yeah, I don't like going to the, large. This isn't spaces. high school. It's okay. You can just I watch things that. at home. I'm an old man. But and when you no, watch, no, I just I just prefer to watch watch films like that at home because I I like to stop and rewind wait, and do other things. Wait, I don't. I just don't like. Wait, but so so. Have you heard of Seinfeld events? You're like, guys, it's too big for me. I'm not going to watch this very syndicated show at home. Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> what? No, no, no. No, it's just, it's one of those things. I, I feel like if things are too popular, um, it turns you off. It, it turns me off. But not only that, but like there's, I, I want to get through the hype before I actually watch it because I'm far too easily influenced by um alternative I'm, opinions if that I'm makes the same sense way. i'm in the same way I, i'm in the same camp i also i feel like it's very difficult for me to go in there and watch a film and not be influenced by the rotten tomato score or something a negative review right I exactly I, I, I want to get past all of that and then say okay i'm seeing this with right. quasi fresh eyes or at least eyes that have said all right i can balance this out in my mm-hmm. head and i'm not you know expecting one thing or another and it's ruining my you know, vision of what it is ruining my buzz, man. So at this point, as we approach Christmas, the Christmas weekend now, this film, Star Wars: Last Jedi, is set to cross eight hundred million dollars on their way to to a billion dollars, which is fantastic. It has not slowed down one bit. It is on track right now to finish right behind uh, the Force Awakens as far as an opening. So it's it's doing tremendously well, and it hasn't even opened in China yet. So there's yeah. even more money to be made there, and they did they did well by that because they included a few Asian uh, actors in their film, which is something that you know obviously it's a, I don't want to say that it's a play for the Asian markets, but I think that certainly helps them. I say they're very smart like that. I mean they <clears throat> I'm sure I'm sure they are they are building a lot of 
characters as well as castings into to make sure that they can hit as many markets mm-hmm. as they can. I know I'm not saying Disney does this, but I'm sure there are other places, and I'm sure Disney plays off of this, where, you know, controversy sells. So I'm sure there's, mm. you know, part of the marketing strategy is to cause you know, anger toward the film so that people see it just so that I, either they can get on the good side or the bad side. Because they did a very controversial, you know, story change to it, which sure, is amazing. Sure. Have you heard? I don't want to re- review. I mean, the movie's I, been out for over a week now, so I, I think we can safely start talking about spoilers unless you guys don't want to go into that spoiler. Area. How much do you, how much do you guys, uh, how much have I you? Know, I, I know the storyline. Yeah, okay. You, you I know Mark Hamill's pissed. Mark Hamill. Okay, so we can talk about that. So Mark Hamill has come out openly, publicly, and has said that he does not. And he's he's talked about that yeah. w- when this film was still in production, that he he even came out and said, you know, he, I had a conversation with um, with the director, and I said to the director, I disagree completely with every single decision you've made regarding Luke Skywalker, but I will do my best to make sure that I'm pres- – That's know, professional. With, that is professional. To help the story, I'm yeah. doing the best job I, I can. But he's come out and he said this even more, uh, more enthusiastically since the film is not out now out saying that I still really this is not my version of Luke Skywalker. Yeah, this is a, a Luke Skywalker for the next generation of Star Wars, and I accept that. And this, I understand that this Luke Skywalker served the storyline, but this to me is not my Luke Skywalker. This is not how I would have pictured Luke Skywalker ever ending up, uh, meaning that a Jedi never gives up. And he would, Luke Skywalker he gives would, up. Would, and so Luke Skywalker, or Hamill, his vision was completely different than the vision we saw in Last Jedi. And I can see that. I, I also have a hard time, you know, going back and watching the old Star Wars films and ever seeing that style, that Luke Skywalker turn into the one that we just saw in this film. It's quite a jump. It I doesn't, know, I, I could, and it's, it's, it's that Batman thing, you know, it's, you either live long enough, you either, right. you know, was it die to be a hero or else you, or else you live long enough to become, to see yourself become the villain. Right. There you go. You know, that type of thing. I, mm-hmm. I, I totally see that. And, and it, it makes sense because that's, that's the role of humanity. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to go down a nerd corridor that I, I hope people can forgive, but I'm a huge World of War, or not World of Warcraft. Well, I am a World of Warcraft fan, but yes, sir. Warhammer Forty Thousand, right? So Warhammer Forty Thousand. There's this, there's this group in that storyline which is called the Inquisition, and often they have the, you know, they have three different kinds: the Malleus, the Hermeticus, or the uh, the Malleus, um, Hereticus, and the. Uh, the xenophiles, not xenophiles, that's the lovers, but the <laughs> xenophobes. So the, the anti-aliens. Oh, we're going to get some so angry have, comments. <laughs> I know, I know. We're getting a lot of comments on this because I'm messing up the, the universe. But the heretics, okay? So the ones that fight the heretics against the agents of chaos, mm-hmm. often, in order to fight it, they resort to the tricks and the ploys of chaos, which corrupts them so eventually they turn into corruption so it's one of those it's one of those sort of unwritten things that if you walk down this path in in order to fight for the side of good you will eventually become evil so i could see you know i could see any of this stuff with luke skywalker where in the in the first and or the you know the new hope empire strikes back and the last jedi where he's He's gone through these terrible things and he's really focused and fought and mm-hmm. and so on and it's it's changed him because in order to fight evil you can't you know it's that Nietzsche quote 
Make sure when you stare at the, or sometimes when you stare at the abyss, the abyss stares back, you know, make sure when you're fighting monsters, you don't turn into a monster. And while he may not necessarily be a monster in this one, right. he, he may have seen himself try to become it or almost become it. In which case he, his, his only way to fight was not to fight. You know, it's a very mm -hmm. Zen mm -hmm. type of thing where in order, in order for you to stop the evil, you, you have to stop fighting evil. You have to disengage. Right. And I think with this Luke Skywalker character, I, I think people have become conditioned over the last, you know, since episode six came out with the extended with the extended universe that they introduced with the books and the comics. And over time, as that universe filled out, you heard stories of Luke Skywalker becoming like tremendously powerful, super, super powerful. But they got rid of. Once Disney acquired Dis, uh, the, once Disney acquired Star Wars from George Lucas, they got rid of the extended universe, and they, they now uh, mark it as the the legends or the legacy. Um, it doesn't work in uh, continuity, or it's not canon. So that's Luke Skywalker doesn't exist. The one who became just super ultra powerful. So, and I think that's what is in a lot of people's minds. Is of course, thirty years have passed. You know, I have in the back of my head that Luke Skywalker becomes super powerful. But that's not what this Luke Skywalker became because all that those stories are thrown out uh, the window. So I think it's I can understand um, because you want to see Luke Skywalker like, hey, it's been 30 years. He should be 30 years more powerful. And I think that kind of uh, struck people the wrong way to see a very different version as Luke Skywalker than they were accustomed that they have been seeing in the extended universe. And since the movie came out and in their mind, it's tough. And uh, Luke Skywalker is, is different. He's, he uh, is, is a difficult character because he really does suck up all of the, the energy in the room because he's such a huge character. Uh, <laughs> so, and he's just, you can't use him with these new characters you're trying to introduce because right. he takes a lot of attention away. And that was one of the things that they said in episode seven, they didn't anytime you would introduce, cause he was part of the original plan for episode seven and have him in scenes say things. Uh, cause they chose not to, as people uh, know with episode seven, because anytime you'd introduce him into a scene, all the attention would focus to him. And if you're trying to establish brand new characters in a new right. trilogy, you can't. So he's a very difficult character. Uh, people have just blown him up in their minds to become this legendary type of character. And anything short of that is going to disappoint a lot of people. And that, that makes sense from a marketing standpoint. I mean, in, in the in the old canon before Disney, mm -hmm. Luke Skywalker became so powerful yeah. that he is able to bring a Star Destroyer down by himself just using mm -hmm. the Force. He's able to bring it down and crash it onto a planet. So like... You know, how can how can you have a character that powerful and from a marketing standpoint, their entire focus is the movies. So all of a sudden right. they're trying to get younger people involved in order to have another 30 years so they can have, you know, 10, 20 movies or whatever. How, right. how could you have a have a super powerful, Story amazing, wise, awesome character right. like already that? exists? There's no progression. At exactly. All. You can't progress because you already have like the a, a character who is ultra powerful. You have to who is so much more powerful than your current cast of characters that right i think he kind of ruins the scale yeah and and you also i mean very jedi-esque you know you have to have balance so in mm -hmm. the universe if you have somebody who's good with that much power there must be somebody bad with that much right. power and they've never and in the books they never really introduced it outside of the um i forget the 
the militarized alien group that came into the galaxy after uh, after all of this, like thirty years later, so that sort of em- the emperor was almost looked at as a as a good guy despite being bad where mm-hmm. he was trying to militarize and and build up the super army and galvanize a, a larger empire to you know amass these forces to fight this external threat that nobody knew about and maybe he did so you have you know this this fractioned universe type of thing i could i could just see i i see it as being you know they sort of needed to do it it's this direction of this film. I saw it, of course, and it is different. You know, I, I don't think I'm spoiling too much. And at this point, the movie's been out for over a week. I think if you've seen it, you're going to see it. I think you've seen it already. Just, if you're just listening stop to listening the show. to the podcast for yeah, know, 10 if, minutes. Because I'm not going to be able to help myself. Uh, it's just they don't go after a Star Destroyer. There isn't like a, a big circle thing with a laser on it that they're trying to stop. It's basically a slow chase scene for two hours, two plus hours. And that's basically the central conflict. And they just kind of everything kind of revolves around that. So it's different. It's a different way to go. Um, the a lot of the questions that were introduced in episode seven um, were not answered in the way you would expect Thankfully. in episode eight, which is either good or bad. So I think that turned a lot of people off. Although, you know, you have a, a critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, which is 93 percent. People are loving this. If you're critically, people are loving this. But then you have the audience score, and there's a lot of reports saying that the the audience score might be um, could have been affected by campaigns where people have like bots writing um, fake scores, and that influenced the score. People were saying that 20 pages worth of reviews, all of them were like a star or lower, and a lot of the language was the same. So. That score, the 50, 53%, the audience score in Rotten Tomatoes might not be legitimate, and that's creating the controversy. So it's a very – unfortunately, God, for a movie that, that has been so praised by the critics, I have heard a lot of negative but that, but that makes sense because the people that walk in there, at least the at least on the um, the audience side, you know, they're walking in there expecting Joseph Campbell's monomyth. You know, mm-hmm. they're expecting a mythology. They're expecting a fairy tale, and the – the eighth one here didn't give him a fairy tale. It gave him a, a critical, in, inventive, original story, mm-hmm. and it gave him a um, something that not only is so different from the others, but it it sort of gives it almost a a universal type quality and and a larger scope picture of like you know the universe directly influencing people versus you know these uh, this fairy tale Lancelot. Uh, monomyth type of thing, right? So I, I, I can see the char- I can see the the audience being like, "Well, this isn't what I signed up for. I want right. the fairy tale." And the critics being like, "No, this is a very inventive, good, right? It's a different way of, story. of telling a Star Wars film." And and that's I've heard a lot of discussion with Star Wars that there is not for a story that centers on a, a, a that's set in space that is set in the very large galaxy. It's a very limited. Thing you number of things you have to work with. You have right. lightsabers, you have Darth Vader, you have the First Order versus the Resistance, or the Empire versus the Resistance, and and ships flying around and a chosen one, and that's it. Right. That's that's the universe. And you you're just if you don't try to change that narrative or find a different way to tell the story, I, I don't know how they're gonna what they're gonna do with episode 10 and 11 and 12, because already I think they're almost kind of bottomed out as far as creative capital and trying to go in a different direction, which this film does got a lot of negative negative backlash. So I feel like, you know, with bringing JJ Abrams back 
And with this response that they got from the fans, episode nine is going to be very safe. <laughs> I well, think what they need to do is that they need to do what the Clone, War, Clone Wars cartoon did, where yes. you need to go in, you need to explore. And the only problem is how can you explore? Like you can do another trilogy, mm-hmm. but it's not going to explore that much. Maybe they could do a tie-in series with Marvel for instead of just exploring like Darth Vader, they could yeah. actually create the universe and then work off of that. Maybe. Well, I, I could also see it. I mean, I, I really think that one of the other Disney strategies that they're doing down the line is that they're saying, okay, how can we have spinoffs like Rogue One? Right. You know, granted Rogue One was just a plot hole filler type of thing, but mm-hmm. I'm sure it did well in theaters. It did very well. Oh, it did. Yeah, it did tremendously well. And, and so made it like 800 million dollars. It did yeah. really well. Yeah. So, so the so they say, okay, we can have spinoffs within this universe and still make it very successful with characters that you don't know about, even though they did use one or two of the characters from the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm I'm sure they're thinking that, saying, all right, well. We need to expand the universe. We need to sort of get away from this monomyth, which has a very limited set. Right. We have to get away from the Skywalkers. And I think, and uh, I don't want to say too much as far as who died and who lived in this film, but you got to. I thought we didn't care. I thought we told people how it is. Well, you you guys haven't seen it. Neither of you have seen it yet. So I don't want to ruin it for you. Okay. You do get around to to seeing it. Thank you. Thank you. I came out of the film liking it. It was good. Could have been great. And that's how I felt about this, which is funny because I had a very similar internal discussion with myself when it came to Justice League. Um, In that film, I was arguing with myself, is this good? And this doesn't even compare to Last Jedi. Last Jedi is like legitimately a well-made movie where Justice League is not. Do you think (laughs) so? I think it's funny that I had a similar conversation. Like, is this good? And Justice League, I was kind of going back and forth. Watching a a well-made film like The Last Jedi, I'm like, nope. I Justice League is just a you, piece of garbage. Do you think that this will be the one film that people try to look over when it comes? Yeah, when it comes back around to finishing off. Oh, this sure. Trilogy. This will be the Jar Jar Binks of the. Yes, this is going to be the the course correction. This is going to be the Phantom Menace, where the next one is going to be a response to Episode Eight. Uh, they're bringing already. They're bringing the decision was made to bring in not because of the back any backlash of this film, but the decision was to bring back J.J. Abrams. So. Already you have the director for the last film, which did a lot of nostalgia, Yeah, copied a lot of the plot of New Hope, kind of mirrored the plot of New Hope. Mm. So I think with him already in place and he has the he has a history of um, repeating fan service, he has fans, a lot, he, a lot, he of, fan a lot of fan service, that's a good word for it, uh, a lot of fan service with uh, Star Wars Into Darkness. He basically co- he kind of does this. He copied Wrath of Khan, but right. reversed it. So I think you're going to see, you know, he's he's known for this. It's going to be you're going to see a response from because the of the I don't know if this is a real negative backlash, though. Like you hear a lot of negative articles. I guess it's just kind of a contrarian viewpoint, like because obviously you have the critical score at Rotten Tomatoes be it's 93 percent. And there's a cinema score, which a lot of the studios use where they come out. And uh, they ask people, they survey people who have just seen the movie on opening night. Yeah. What do you think of it? And they, they survey audience members. That's And they got a cinema score. And they got a cinema score of A plus or A for, for Force Awakens. And they got the same score for Last Jedi. So the only outlier is this Rotten Tomatoes um, audience score. And also some people, some vocal 
yeah. people on the internet. So I don't know if this would well, be I mean, what you're saying is that received. So maybe it, they won't change things. Yeah. So I, what you're saying is that basically an ATAT walked over a bridge and yes. the trolls started to get angry and they started <laughs> throwing things. But that's that that's all it is. It's just we, we expected the vengeful nerds. Right. Yeah. And the 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 people who were saying, You didn't follow canon fairy tale. Mm. You gave me something different. And yeah, I don't exactly. like change. Exactly. Right. I Boom. think that's exactly what it is, is people were expecting a tradition that mm-hmm. it's like when you go home and you get instead of turkey for thanksgiving someone's like we're doing lasagna you're like i expected turkey like, <laughs> <laughs> i'll be honest i expected that, turkey yeah it escalated quickly I yeah, mean, yeah. No. I, I was i was thinking ham but lasagna okay. yeah no no you got lasagna instead because they're trying to be a little healthier right um but i definitely think that it wasn't a fan it wasn't fan service and i think that was one of the things that i think a lot of people who are just star wars buffs yeah like as opposed because there's always a critic score because there's someone who goes in and that's like oh that story was well crafted yeah it was well shot well, right everything about mm-hmm. it was good but for someone who's a fan it's just like with justice league or mm-hmm. suicide squad where you're approaching every, it very differently yeah where critics are like this is garbage and then you had fans be like this is an okay movie did you see superman whoa right yeah i, I know I, I definitely think that it's it's a good thing that it's not just fan service and it's also a good thing that it's not fan service in the mainstream storyline you can't win almost i know you're trying to get the whole point is to get fans to like and see your movie but at the same time you can't cater to the fans like it's just sort of this <laughs> paradox um, so either they're going to course correct way too much and episode nine is going to be the safest film you've ever seen, or they're just going to make, cause I don't know if this mo- movie was negatively received and I, I, don't, I don't think it was, I don't know I, if I it don't. really was. I, I, think, think, it's I just, think I think it's purely, you know, whininess on the internet that yeah. will go away in a month or two. Yeah. And as soon as it, as soon as it, cause again, it, while we think of a week as being like, wow, it's been out a week. No. It's been out a week. I know. It's, it's got it's another four months, time, right? and then and then you have the international audiences, and then you have, you know, by the time it comes out on DVD or whatnot, mm-hmm. a Blu-ray or 4K, whatever we're talking about now, technology. Whatever that future holds Whatever that for future us. technology is. Yeah. Uh, you know, when it when it hits that, then we'll, then we'll have a more balanced perspective. Right. Yeah. I definitely think it's just a lot of people who happen to be very angry. That, very passionate about yeah, this. Th- yeah. That, Again, they weren't fan service, so they're just nitpicking. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's like watching Cinema Sins about Captain America a Winter Soldier. And even though he's like, that's weird, he's nitpicking. He's yeah. literally nitpicking of a movie that's actually very with good. With the critical eye, and I think with the idea that, like, you know, listen, I am being a critic and not every this movie is not a perfect movie, but I think fans sometimes take a nitpick. Yeah. And they like, oh, this is the reason why the movie's bad. Exactly. They extrapolate that in, into that way. And I think sometimes uh fans, not to disparage fans, don't have the same ability as a critic to take things at face value exactly a, 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 a maybe something that isn't perfect at face a mistake or yeah. something that isn't perfect at face value where critics they look at the movie as a whole and maybe that's a, a point de- deduction from their overall score where fans just if they don't like one thing the whole movie sucks so it's it's very interesting to see where this is going to go obviously ryan johnson who directed this film is getting his own trilogy which i believe is going to bridge the gap between the end of this current trilogy and the start of the next one, which I'm sure will happen. How many years are like? So the, I think the plan is going to be so you're going to have episode nine in two years. Following that, you're going to have Ryan Johnson's trilogy, I, I believe, to set, and that's going to be a three film trilogy, as you know, and that's going to be set every other year 
in this in a similar type of release schedule to the the current trilogy that's out right now. And then following that trilogy, I think you're going to see episode 10, 11, and 12. And in between each of those, in between each off year, you're going to have a an anthology movie, like a Han Solo yeah. solo film. You're going to have an Obi-Wan Kenobi solo film, likely. What if they just did like two movies just to really screw things? And just be like, hey, the first movie, here's the problem. Well, Second movie's just an answer. We're done. We're only doing you two. You could almost just say that this film was that. The Last Jedi. That's why I think it left a, a sour taste in a lot of fans' mouth, mouths because there isn't this, there aren't like unfinished, bis- there isn't unfinished business and unanswered questions leading into episode nine. They kind of answered every everything in episode eight. And you got a lot of finality with the characters. There really isn't a lot to sort of go back to the theater for for episode nine after episode seven you're like hey raise parents what's the deal with snoke um you know where's luke what's he gonna say what's going on with kylo ren is he bad is he is leia are they what's gonna happen when those two characters meet on screen and she confronts her son uh, is ben solo there's a lot of cool things to look forward to you don't got that going into episode nine i don't think you ha- you don't have all those things you're looking forward to so they have their work cut out for them J.J. Abrams, I think, is the right guy. He yes, is, uh, he's incredible. So. He's so creative. He has the ability to uh, take these franchises that people are very, very um, familiar with, and he's able to reboot them in a very favorable way. Yeah. Ain't no Ron Howard, though. Nah, <laughs> yes, he is. He's better than Ron. No, it, because, he, because he has that mystery box. Yes. yes it's, it's that mystery box. If you can. What is that mystery box again? The mystery. Have you ever ever seen the TED talk where he talks about the mystery box? I I remember that, but what was that again? It was like he's he's basically saying, you know, all right. If I I forget the whole. It's an analogy for his whole like kind of like philosophy of storytelling. Yeah. So it's it's either he says he says you have a imagine you're walking into a candy store or a toy store and on the shelf you have a box with a big question mark on it or you have a known toy. Which one will you you know you can pay twice as much for the mystery box even though it doesn't even though the toy is worth half as much as the one next to it but people always go for the mystery box because we want the unknown that's part of our dna that's mm-hmm. who we are so his, his whole philosophy of story making is like always give the mystery all you know every single scene there has to be a mystery every single scene you lead up to but you don't actually give information and you just sort of you know cause issues unless yeah unless you're purely being I, i'm only thinking about like man goes into bathroom what does he do? Right? <laughs> and then he walks out like, of the bathroom. Like imagine if Charlie Kaufman wrote like that, right? It's with like Schenectady, like New York, or like if, it, if it's intentional, it's really trolling the audience, but it's effective. It's, it's very effective. effective. People are like, hey, what's he doing in that in that bathroom? What's he in there for? He, why is he in there poking in his poop? Who knows, man? But well, well, that's interesting. I mean, I mean the reveal th- might not be, but called. yeah. The, uh, the, what, what's wrong with the island that he that he's famous right lost, lost. right you right. know that half half of the stuff half of the stuff in the first season which were the mysteries mm-hmm. you know just disappeared nobody answered them nobody ever you know didn't continue on it was just like what you know and that's that was the thing because I, I remember reading or seeing a thing on with JJ uh, um, Abrams and uh, what's his name who's the who, who ran who ran the the whole series they were like well we pitched it and then we didn't really have a story and we didn't know what to do so we <laughs> just started throwing one? these things out so we right. started throwing these things out and he's like ah we finally figured out middle of first season and you know 
the beginning of a second. And we said, okay, next this, next that, do this, da da da. And he's like, and that's where we were. <laughs> yeah, and that's what we did. And we still got paid. Well, that's the thing with these uh, these big projects. You sometimes won't have to answer the question if you don't get brought back for season two or you don't get that another that next movie made. So sometimes the payoff isn't something you have to deliver. Right. It's the mystery. And it sometimes you don't have to deliver that payoff. So like really there's no consequence to never delivering on that mystery. So the mystery in itself is self-evident and very interesting. So JJ Abrams will be back and should be interesting. And boy, oh boy, uh, movies doing really well. So, and the critics like it. It's not doing poorly. I hate that I have to talk negatively about Star Wars. Uh, I saw it, but... You, but you didn't talk negatively. You talked negatively about the people being like, why yeah. are they so negative? <laughs> I liked it. Like I said, it was good. Could have been great um, compared to Justice League, which was okay. Could have been good. <laughs> so different levels, obviously. And speaking of superheroes, talking about Justice League, on the other side of the fence, Marvel, Disney. Again, this has become a Disney show because everything that we talk that we talk about now, well, since we Disney's started the show, so owns now. everything. Right? Disney Disney everything. owns everything. Where when we started this podcast, Disney did not own everything. It's just uh, really a complete. Uh, coincidence that now everything that we talk about just now happens to be it's almost like they listen to this podcast like like literally they they bought star wars marvel and yeah. now fox while we've started the podcast yeah oh they also own because boom um mm-hmm. had stuff with fox so they also get some of that too it's incredible oh, there you go yeah and, and they're they're looking to buy up stuff from sony in the next you know mm-hmm. year or two yeah so now you have 52 a 52 billion dollar merger for Disney and Fox Studios, and this includes a lot of properties like Avatar. Um, the the well, film. we can all we can all just put that to the love. Side. They Disney now owns Avatar. They have the um, the the ability to distribute all the Star Wars movies now, mm-hmm. where before they used to be 20th Century Fox. <laughs> so now they have the ability to now. There's no handcuffs at all, and of course you have the. Most interesting to us, of course, is you have the X Men. You have all of the Fox owned Marvel yeah. properties. Yeah. So I'll, I'm actually interested to see if they make a Deadpool ride. Yeah. <laughs> could could be. That's that's what I that want. That would know. be amazing. Um, I did just read today. Ryan Reynolds, of course, is yeah, right. He's he's posted about this. Posted pictures of like Ryan of uh, Deadpool being like escorted, escorted out, out of the Magic Kingdom yeah. by a security guard. Um, I I have heard that they are going to keep it. They're right. going to keep it R rated. Um, right. That's which right. is an interesting tidbit because. Are they ever going to continue that sort of tread? Because all these Mm -hmm. Marvel characters, all these superheroes have always had at least one spinoff that's darker and they do a little weirder stuff. So I'm curious to see how deep they go into that sack of Marvel and to see how r-rated they're going to go for i I could see them because i mean i I, they're already starting to say okay you know we have these really fun good movies but now let's see the darker element look at yeah look at abc's the gift or abc the gifted i forget what i think that's fox fox okay so look at the gifted they own that too right right you know that that you know that right there is a very dark you know sinister Xavier's home type of deal. Can't wait till they say the word mutants because I think we talked about the last time. They're just going to blow their load as soon as it's the oh. first time. <laughs> it's just going to be like it's going to be like Mel Brooks saying mutants, and it's going to be like a chorus line and pies. It's going to be great. It's going to be interesting with Avengers three coming out 
Now, it comes out in May, and I believe the film is completely finished. I could, obviously, I'm not involved in the They're production. just going to throw a bunch of stuff in there? I wonder how much they're able to throw in there from, as a result of this merger. Uh, if they're going to be able to, if, if post-credit sequence or something, I, mean, I don't you, know. You, you, how you much. have to think about this. This merger has been going on behind the scenes for probably about sure. several years now. Yeah. Trying to work out the details and so on. So I'm sure they hired on some, you know, MCU person to say, Hypothetically, if right. we were to, to acquire Fox, how could we work these in and what's your time frame? <laughs> I, I definitely think that uh, it should be just like the end of Spider-Man Homecoming mm-hmm. where it's just some mutant. It's like, we could say mutants now yeah. and then just cut. Because I think they That's included a-, a reference to Spider-Man at the end of Ant-Man. And of course, they worked him into the actual storyline. I've never seen Ant Man. There's like a small little yeah. um, throwaway line at the very, very end of, uh, of Ant Man. Oh, we have this person who's, who uh, throws webs or something. Somebody mentions that to Ant Man. And they mention, oh, we have this person that does this. And of course, really quickly, you had. Uh, careful, do not touch that cord, Adam Patterson. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> really quickly, uh, Adam Patterson has this very, uh, very sensitive, sensitive. most mm. sensitive cord in their lineup. You can't say anything to it. The holidays are really tough for this cord. You can't <laughs> I, ask the, 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 this cord what its plans are because it doesn't have any family. The other cords don't talk to it. And it's 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 one of those things, you know, it's very upset over the sexual harassment yes, allegations. That's right. Doesn't like being touched. Doesn't right. like being touched. It, it's very, you know, and I understand. Yeah. I, I really do. You know, we, we have to be respectful. Yes. Of all persons and things. So, you know, we have to things be... Things most important. Things most importantly. As we enter into this age of AI. You because know. remember, you have to love things yes. and use people. That's correct. That is... Uh, yes. Adam yes. Adam that's Adam a t-shirt. <laughs> that's a t-shirt and a bumper sticker. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, obviously, with uh, what we were saying is with Winter Soldier, they got Spider-Man like into the actual plot right away. Yeah. And so they, they worked incredibly fast to get him into that movie. So I think they will work with, with uh, equal speed. He'll, I think you'll definitely have some mutants and some Fox, formerly owned Fox properties in Avengers 4. I think that's an absolute thing that's going to happen. So they're going to move very quickly. It should be very interesting to see how they – what do you think about this? this as far as Marvel owning all of these characters now? Well, first off, they – is they it a created. Thing thing? I'd say they created and owned it on the paper. So yeah. why shouldn't they own it on the movies? That's yeah. right. Why but, not? But I, I did you like the comp- like the healthy competition where no, Fox it's, did it's own all an illusion of competition. I, I'm I'm a firm believer on that because the people that sit on the board at Disney are also on Fox and Warner Brothers. Okay, you know I I I really don't. It's it's. Very similar to the cattle industry. If you look mm-hmm. at the cattle industry, ah, there are three thousand people. And you've mentioned the cattle industry. I have on, on multiple show. occasions, and, <laughs> and you know, as you can tell, the there's, a, there's a dramatic or there's a very similar difference between yeah. superheroes and cattle. Um, no, I, I think I think of it like the one thing that Disney does amazingly well mm-hmm, is that mm-hmm. it it has a very good culture of letting people do what they want to do under their yeah. umbrella. So it it's not it, it doesn't pigeonhole it doesn't it doesn't pull the Warner Brothers where all of a sudden it's like everything hey, has I, to I have the you, same look and exactly, everything yeah. has, we have to meddle which, in every which single individual project. Which is the weirdest project. thing because they try okay the whole thing was we're gonna do Marvel now right we're gonna do it all everything's gonna be connected we're gonna do it now and then they're like hmm you talk about DC Warner Brothers exactly yeah, okay it, they see what they did what Marvel did but yet 
they just wanted to muck it up. Like yeah. the whole, the best part was, is that Marvel was able to have these characters look differently, act differently. And mm-hmm. each movie franchise could have acted differently as long as they had an intertwining Nick Fury sort of storyline. And that was great. No one was like, man, all these movies seem the same. Right. I mean, the origin stories are, but after that, everything like was slightly different. Like well, Thor, they trusted the creators. It's over Marvel. They trust the creators. Exactly. Involved in yes. this. They don't micromanage as much. They have Kevin Feige, who is not like a sitting board member over at Disney, who's, you know, he's not like a studio executive. I mean, yeah. he is a person that they're trusting because he's creative and understands this. Well, and I think that's, that's the biggest thing is that that's deferring to people who know better. Exactly. That's the part that Warner right. Brothers and DC they, don't have. That's right. the missing link. They right. don't have they someone. They had Jeff Johns, but they don't defer who, to Jeff Johns. But he wasn't doing anything. Right. Well, and that's that, by their the own big, choice. He was, he was writing Doomsday Clock again. Right. And the, the big thing about a lot of it is, I mean, I, I, I think of like in 2000, and I think it was 2003 when Disney bought Pixar. Mm-hmm. You know, Pixar, Pixar is this quasi powerhouse that, you know, was go, moving up the ranks incredibly quickly. They acquired them. Everything was good. They kept on. Ed Catmull, I, I believe he's still on there. I'm not sure, but he, he was one of the founding members with, um, with uh, Steve Jobs, and here it is, as well as uh, John Lasseter, you know, and they stayed on, which to me says a lot of things because often when you have a company that is started by, by certain founders. When they are acquired by a larger company, right. they usually last about two years and then they're out because they're being micromanaged sure. or because they're changing the corporate they culture. Want to do yeah, they want exactly. to change they're, they're the starting culture, something exactly. new. Mm-hmm. And and I think that says a lot for Disney to say, you know what? You know, the founders are still there because the founders through 10, 15 years are saying, Hey, right. we we you know, the corporation is still how we started it. The yeah. corporate culture is still there. The storytelling, the ideas, the reason, the wants, you know, everything's still there. So here it is. These founders are like, no, we can work with Disney's because we have enough autonomy that we still have the same company. We're just, you know, it's just the, the financial structure is different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the creative culture and, and the, the corporate culture is, is still the same, right. which is huge because I feel like if Warner Brothers came in and bought Pixar, Oh, they, they would have just said restructuring everything in this hierarchical because it's run by the accountants, not the creators. Exactly. Sure. Well, well, what's interesting is that their meddling with DC makes me wonder what it's actually like to work with Warner Brothers on all like on all of their projects. Well, look, look at, at the Harry Potter films. I, they've had a really difficult time making the the Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. Yes. I mean, just the, the casting, all the films sort of feel the same. All those Harry Potter films over at Warner Brothers, they've, they've had a very difficult time, even with like a great franchise, a great property yeah. like Harry Potter. I don't understand. Like, to me, most that, of those movies aren't very good, those Harry Potter films. No, they're fan service. Those are fan service yeah. films where it's like, here's what's going on, so on and so forth, which begs me to wonder, like, when someone who is a creative person, like, let's just say J.K. Rowling, like, mm-hmm. now felt the way we feel about Warner Brothers, do you think that she would willingly agree to that? Like, imagine well, if Disney owned Harry Potter. Like, what, do you, like, how different would that be? Oh, be how different, different they yeah. felt? Like, that's, very, yeah. it's such a, a strange thing that Disney's Harry Potter would be, I, would be very different. Um, especially now that they're kind of venturing out into this kind of, different direction with fantastic beasts and where to find them they're not quite as bound by the storylines in the books they're able to kind of go off and do their own thing uh disney would just really just have a 
just go nuts as far yeah. as being able to be create in this going in a direction where they're able to creatively do whatever they want within this Harry Potter universe, but not bound by each of the books. Um, yeah, I mean, it's that would be very interesting. Yeah, but it's so a lot uh, to look forward to. I think this, as I've mentioned in previous shows, this could not have come at a better time for Marvel right now because now that they're ending the you know their their phase three, you have a lot of characters. A lot of actors who are en- nearing the end of their deals, you now have the ability to inject fresh blood into this kind of aging, yeah. more maturing shared universe, and you're able to inject mutants and well, we the can X-Men. also all fi- all like forget so, really quickly in humans too. We can right. all just push yeah, that into the darkest parts of our <laughs> That's mind. Right. That's correct. And no one ever asked to remember. That's 100% that. right. Right where the inflatable snowman or the <laughs> inflatable uh, Santa, Santa Claus. Yeah, that's right. Put them <laughs> right to the They're back. going to be all drinking buddies. Just fill them up every every now and again just to agree with you and nod at you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's a, having a hard time with uh, certain decisions. Yeah. So really exciting. Uh, could not have come at a better time. Should be interesting to see uh, now that there is not a, another studio um, who's in competition with you to produce these superhero films, one less anyways, Warner Brothers, I guess, still is competition, I suppose. Um, now that there's one less, if this is going to change Marvel as far as how much they put behind these films or if it's like easy straight. I'm a pro wrestling fan. So even what? though even though Fox stu- even though uh, Fox Studios maybe wasn't putting out the best product uh, they were kind of they had had, had peaked as far as the the the, pro, the the popularity of the X-Men franchise similar to WCW w, WCW before they got purchased by WWF back in 2000 2001 they were not a very good product they had peaked absolutely but it hurt the wrestling industry as a whole to devour that competition when WWF them purchased their competition yeah, WCW. I loved- you need a second, even though they might yes. not be yeah. um, putting you know, a direct competition and as powerful as, as you know, Disney, um, you need someone to sort of keep them accountable and to be having the other company raise their game a little bit. Once yeah. that pressure's off and there's only one big boy in town. Oh, I, you think it's all just going to go to or, no. oh, Cratsville? It, it makes me worried because when WWF bought WCW, you're like, great, they own everyone now. They're Obviously, they know what they're doing. They were able to conquer WCW. They put them out of business. And now you're just going to get like just um, free reign on the wrestling industry. They're going to have all of the, the best wrestlers are going to c- come straight to WWF. There's no other option. This is going to be great for the wrestling industry. And it they got lackadaisical. And the wrestling yeah. industry has paid for it ever since because they got lazy. But that that's okay because I feel like that's all right. So I, I'm a firm believer, just like you said, iron sharpens iron. You need the competition, mm-hmm. right. otherwise it doesn't move forward. But the the second part of it is that, you know, that's that's part of part of any growth of industry is it needs to it needs to funnel on top and then and then because and then when it's once it becomes so massive, it eats itself mm-hmm. and then breaks apart. So I feel like that's that's a natural progression of the world or you know, of of societies humans of of any sort of ecosystem so if you're talking about an ecosystem of creative ideas disney will eventually eat up other things and then and it'll go directly against china with its you know amalgamations of different creative ideas but eventually it's it's either going to become so large and bloated and do nothing right that it will either and eventually will it will eat up warner brothers just as you know uh or Mm -hmm. Yeah, it'll, it'll just Warner like they merge eventually, with Fox, right? And then, and then, and then you'll come across some new technology like YouTube, etc., 
that will that will start pushing the envelope mm-hmm. and start moving it forward. And so you'll have yeah. you'll have things like because who would have thought 10 years ago that Netflix was a contender against Disney? Mm-hmm. Who would have thought that YouTube would be a direct competitor of mm-hmm. you know ABC, NBC, etc. Yeah. So right. as soon as you have a technological shift which will happen, you know, at, you know, it'll change dramatically every single what every 10 years now mm-hmm. as the exponential as we move toward that singularity of exponentiality you know it's it's just natural so i feel like right. i feel like yes it will be you're you're probably going to get a really good five years and then after that it might, might get become a little, stagnant it, it, it might especially because i mean let's face it the mcu is getting stagnant which mm-hmm. is why things they needed are, more we, we, right. yeah which is why not only they're gathering up more properties but they also said okay we're done with the shared universe because yeah. we're done with it now. <laughs> yeah. We, we need something new. Well, yeah. I mean, I definitely think that. So with when it comes to wrestling, like El Rey Network with Netflix sure. and Lucha Underground, they definitely decided to go against the traveling circus idea. Mm-hmm. And they're like, this is in-house. We wrote one storyline. That's it. Well, TNA did the same exact thing. Uh, so I think you could, again, compare this directly with a big, gigantic company like Disney and Marvel, where they get so big, but eventually as they become stagnant, they're not delivering on certain aspects, certain things, expectations that fans want. But other smaller companies will like, oh, hey, you know, Disney isn't catering to this one. They stop doing yeah, like, this yeah. one thing. Yeah. They stop giving this one thing because they, they're making all the same types of movies. A smaller company will pop up and say, hey, we're doing this one thing that, that fans love. And other things will start popping up as a, as i think as a reaction to disney maybe not giving fans exactly what they want so i'm similar to wrestling right so yeah. because wwe once they once they ate up wcw and got bigger and just became this big corporate um entity they stopped doing great wrestling they stopped having interesting compelling storylines so tna popped up who did better wrestling ROH popped up, who, who did better wrestling. Exactly. And people flocked to those smaller um, new companies. And 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 then you have um, you have um, the LRA network with uh, Lucha Underground, which did interesting, weird storylines, which WWF, WWE is not doing. Yeah. So I but think they also similar have... to Mar- – right. So bringing it back to Disney Marvel – other companies will maybe take advantage of things that maybe yeah. Marvel is neglecting. Yeah, yeah and, then, and then and then process. they'll eventually be bought up by by Disney, right. or or Disney will fracture due to you know antitrust laws or mm-hmm. whatever. Right, right, right. That's still that still could be in the future. So a lot to uh, look forward to. And as it is Christmas, guys, as we did uh, preview at the beginning of the show, we're gonna we have the Super Showdown Arena uh, decorated. Uh, that your inflatable Santa is mm-hmm. guarding the door to make sure no one gets there in there and tampers with the decorations on the inside of the Super Showdown Arena because they, you know, our staff worked really hard in there, so that's the reason we want to make sure that that is untampered with. So um, he is now opening the gate of the Super Showdown Arena. But before we go in, we're gonna pick our secret Santas, and that person that we pick is gonna be our representative to determine the order of the Super Showdown arena as far as presenting who gets to present their case for best christmas story ever told first and then we'll decide at the end vote who is delivered the best story and decide once and for all greatest christmas story ever told so this kind of serves uh this this selection now we're using the game for those of you who are maybe turning in for the very first time a board game rpg game from 1986 called dc heroes where in the game there they give you stack cards for every single dc hero at that time so we're going to select a stack card and uh first we're going to decide we're going to use this to decide who is who were who our secret santa is so we have to decide okay what's a good gift for this person so i will um 
without looking, pick three cards at random, and I will hand them out. There's one for Sean, one for Adam, and one for me. And Adam, why don't you tell us who is who you're going to be buying your Secret Santa's gifts for first, and then and also your representative going into the Super Showdown Arena. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, my my Secret Santa is going to be Sean Brennan. Sean, no, no, you have to say who's on the card. I, I want him to be my, all right, Jericho. Jericho. So Jericho is is looks sort of like a 1970s version yes. of a lord. And he has a uh, the devil's horn, for those of you that don't know it, only this looks very weird. Almost like the the radical or surfs up dude, only the thumb is putting straight up as if it were two let me, let me see the picture. devil horns. Oh yeah, he's giving the uh, he's throwing up the horns. This is well, Jericho. But, but, yeah. then, but but look at but look at his thumb. It's it's not it's like this. Oh, it's not it's not this. Oh, he's not throwing up the, not, the traditional not, horns. Yes, it's dude, not the pointer and like, the pinky. Almost it's like the it's thumb and the hang pinky. Ten. Yeah, exactly. It's it's almost the hang ten. So that's odd. Do you, do you think that was a, a an oversight? I think that was an oversight because he's a devil. Jericho is only thing I kind of know about the Jericho superhero is he was involved in the Crisis on Infinite Earth storyline. He was part of that. He's got very. Uh, very uh he's got a perm he's got a blonde perm mm-hmm. he yep. looks like an 80s weird kind of effeminate uh 80s uh, he looks, action hero he, he looks he looks like one of those people that you know is euro trash yes. you know oh yes well i i am oh yeah i'm lord blah 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 from blah 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 he of, looks the, like of the high mountains i don't have any money but you know i'm i'm fun and super awesome and i you know stuff like that so what does he need so what are you buying for for Jericho here is uh, if, with him being your secret Santa. Who, what are you buying for him? I'm buying rhinestones. Rhinestones. <laughs> um, I, f- I feel like he Excellent. needs more. Yes. And, and not only that, but I, I, so the tie, right? Yeah. So business persons wear tie. You're just going to find some rhinestones and I'm put gonna, them in a little I'm box. Gonna find, <laughs> I'm going to find some rhinestones and, and, and sort of puffy paint them yeah, to okay. a tie. Oh, okay. So that he can have it because right now what he looks like is he looks like a, a lord trying to be a sailor. Yes. So I feel like making sure that he has a, a rhinestone tie to really stand out. Does he have a puffy high shirt? Seas, it's, it, yes. It's a billowy puffy. I was just yeah. saying, well, it, it's billowy puffy sleeves yes. with a tight chest uh, and ab shirt. Good. So I, mm-hmm. I think a- That's the best combination. I think a, a nice rhinestone tie would counterbalance that nicely. Exactly. Ooh, an ascot maybe? Ooh, there you go. Maybe a rhinestone ascot because he yes. does have a large golden belt with almost uh-huh. like a, talking about wrestling, um, a large WWE style- Yes. You know- Championship belt. Championship belt right there mm-hmm. in the center. And and in addition to the fact that he's wearing some sort of tight, <laughs> some sort of tight, he's some sort thr- of tight. It's it. Yeah, I, I would definitely give him a rhinestone ascot. I'm sure he would appreciate that. Yeah, Sean Brennan, who would you draw for for Secret Santa? NLC I drew Starfire. Starfire from uh, DC Teen Titans. Teen Titans. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. So what do you what does she need for Secret Santa? She needs to take a, a chastity belt. <laughs> I'm sorry. The one from the one from Fury Road where it's teeth. <laughs> it's really just teeth. Someone he's just like I Poor like that Robin. movie. I like that well, movie. Maybe you guys can go on together and get that chastity belt for her. These things aren't um, cheap. No, I'm taking her on a nice hike. <laughs> you just give her a coupon? <laughs> no, no, that's, no. Coupon for one hug. <laughs> it's a thing that no Secret Santa. I'm not sure if you've ever been involved in one. You, it's something you can actually you have to physically give to someone. Yeah. So you're giving her a coupon for a nice hike. 
Yeah, I mean, essentially. So the thing is, is that like I know she really likes new things. She yeah. doesn't know a lot about Earth. She loves to see it. So I'm taking her out on foot to yeah. a wilderness hike so she can get a taste of Earth and its true nature. She needs that. She's from a different world. I think she's she doesn't know it. I think she's going to think you really cheaped out on this. I want, I want you to <laughs> also remember that there are large sexual harassment allegations going across yeah. every single... Yeah, I wouldn't want to lure her to some <laughs> exactly. forest location Hey, do you alone. want to come out to the woods with no, me she, and we can walk, quote unquote... <laughs> Oh, I just I, I just put in quotes. <laughs> yeah. Hike, hike. <laughs> I really hope you never draw me in a secret Santa. That is no, no. I mean, a... she's good. She's good. I drew <laughs> Captain Boomerang. Oh wow! What as... are you gonna get for him? I think um, <coughs> I think really easy. Um, boomerang cozies. No, <laughs> they. <laughs> Keep his boomerangs warm. That's good on those long winter nights. Are you gonna gonna get him from Bed Bath Beyond? I'm going to have to st- – I don't know if they sell them. I'm going to have to stitch some. My mother-in-law oh, is very good sweet. at, at uh, crocheting and stitching. Yeah, a nice – I think a boomerang cozy or two. No, I, think, I think that's very important that's because, good. I mean, uh, on a day like today where there's just ice oh, everywhere. Yeah. Can you imagine a boomerang hitting an ice? And uh-huh. No, might, terrible. He might He might just, you know, f- uh, foil some foil. That's right. Foil or foil his own foil. And those things mm-hmm. get cold. And I know he has a very close relationship with some of those boomerangs. When you're holding them close – because he has a very close relationship, you want them to be cozy and warm. And when you go down for a nice winter's nap and you're cuddling that <laughs> you're cuddling under, your under, under your head, you want that to have kind of a cushioning. So I will uh, go first as far as uh, revealing the dexterity, which will determine um, who is going to be entering the Super Showdown Arena first and offering their example of the greatest Christmas story ever told. And Captain Boomerang's dexterity is eight. Sean Brennan, what is the dexterity of Starfire? Seven, Seven, as I can see. Seven. I can see your card. So, and and Adam Patterson. Jericho is six. Ah. You know, Dexter can't quite get those buttons on his little blouse. He has a lot of difficulty with finger dexterity. I say, remember, he's he's Euro trash. So he has some other person doing it for him. That's right. That's right. This is my slave. (laughs) He does things for me. So, in the Super Showdown Arena, greatest Christmas story ever told. I am presenting Home Alone as the greatest Christmas story ever the told. One, right? The very first one. I consider okay. the second one. Oh. Because it does take place in ti- uh, Central Square or Times Square. With our, with our Central current Park, Central president. Park. With our current president is in it. Who, who just leaves that child unattended what and just time. walks away. I think he we forget that. He's like, hey, doesn't he? I, I think Donald Trump gets a bad rap for that, that, that role in that film. I think he considered calling he d- he, someone. He, he gets a bad rap for everything. That's let's face right. it. Oh, uh, yeah. Because he deserves a bad rap for everything. <laughs> well, that film does take place in New York City, which is the center, which is really the center of the holiday season in Central Park. But I chose the first one because I think it really does do a nice job embodying the whole winter season, being thrown together with your relatives, having to take a weird cross country trip. Do they go to France? Where do they go in in Home Alone? Which the yeah, first yeah. one? They go to France. The they go France. to France. They go to France. Where do they go in the second one? Second one, they went to Florida. Florida, okay. They got stuck in Good the hurricane in Florida. Well, they go. To- That's right. <laughs> where Good, were, they, where were they going? No, excellent memory. Excellent memory. <laughs> I'm so glad that you're here, Adam Patterson, that you remember that. We, I, do you guys remember last year we went to France? We're going to Florida now. Where? Because oh, I remember, yeah, um, Kevin McAllister, is, uh, his brother, um, Garth. What is it? Barth? Garth. Was, what is it? I, I believe it's Garth. Is yes. it Garth? He makes a, he does make a joke about French women shaving their armpits mm-hmm. as far as a reason to go to France. 
So, uh, or not shaving. I not forget. Shaving. So that, you know, there's, they work in a lot of Christmas music. He does the holiday. He makes those, uh, those mannequins dance in the holiday party. I, I think that he, they do a really nice job embodying the spirit. There's a great soundtrack, a very strong protagonist, strong antagonist. A lot of, it came out during the Christmas season. I think it is the quintessential Christmas film. It follows film the monomyth. That follows the monomyth. He was scared at first. And then he's, then he, he actually does declare I'm not a, I'm not scared of you anymore. Remember right, that? And, and he has and he has the uh, the Obi Wan Kenobi yeah. next door to him, yes. the old man that that he, yes. he takes out of um, <clears throat> he takes out of sort of his hermit esque. Mm-hmm. It is a living. really it's mm-hmm. a very good story. A lot of irresponsible, like criminally uh, negligent adults, which I guess allow this film to kind of play out. But with that, the, that's that's also very real. That's a, that's a real world. <laughs> with the the police being sent to the house and just knocking quietly twice at the front door and like, all right, well, well, God we're okay. You. Our no. job here is God done. bless you, John Hughes. <laughs> I mean, I re- I think that's I think it's written from the kids' point of view of oh, yeah. how the world yeah. is, where it's like parents and all these adults are either really dangerous or, or out stupid. to get me. Or yeah, out or to out get, get me. me. Yeah, that's right. I so I think the just everything about that film. Uh, especially as a child watching it is just I think really sums up the holiday spirit and just it's set during Christmas and yeah. uh, defending your home and I'm constantly having home invasion type nightmares so <laughs> and in those nightmares I use skills I learned from this this movie hence, hence why we have Santa Claus in front of the gate that's right yeah. yeah so Home Alone is my quintessential greatest Christmas story ever told uh, number two is Sean Brennan you're next because you oh. drew Starfire oh boy um I'm going to go with a Christmas special mm. from a now defunct TV show called The Aquabats. The Aquabats Christmas special. Yes. So in The Aquabats Christmas special, they are going to a Christmas lighting ceremony to play a show, mm-hmm. as all traveling bands will. Yes. They need to pull over for directions because we're Americans and men and we don't ask for directions. So they pull into some weird, I think it's Krampusville mm. is where they pull into. Uh, That's this- foreshadowing. Yeah, I know, right? The the town hates Christmas. It's a dirty word because Krampus is the mayor. Like he he's he essentially runs the town with an iron fist. Right. Um it's great because it's got your Krampus. Yeah. It's got your singing. There's a very nice montage that goes um calls back to the Rankin and Bass uh cartoons and stop motion animation. There's also Santa wrestling Krampus uh, saying, punish me, which is great. Uh, and there's even just, uh, you know, th- there's a Christmas lighting ceremony. I think it. Christmas it, lighting? Yeah. Okay. I mean, the tree. The, no, I, the I, tree I, lighting. I, I know. I was, uh, Adam had a question. I thought you a said valid question. Christmas laying. And I was like, I was like, okay, I'm wondering if this is an adult sort of um, no. adult swim type of story. Okay. No, it, it used to be on, well, I think it was like Kapow. Hmm. Okay. Yes, I know I, Kapow. Yeah. It, it used to be on that show. That's that TV place. That, yeah. That right. network. Yes. Um, to me, it embodies like everyone's love of Christmas. It involves Krampus who, let's be honest, he makes a very biting commentary on bad children getting christmas presents because mm-hmm. let's be honest here there's a lot of bad kids who need to be beaten with sticks i wear sticks or coat hangers oh coat hangers 
This and is a terrible message for a nice Christmas <laughs> episode of the Super Friends. And show. I mean, no, 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 no. Naughty children need to be punished. I'm, I'm choosing blah 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 because I want to see children hurt and maimed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's catharsis for my own childhood. <laughs> it really is. Uh, the, there's your your Krampus, which let's be honest here. He needs to be bought, brought back into, you know, Western society. Well, he's, Star Wars Episode Nine. <laughs> it has a need for a lead antagonist. Darth Krampus. Yeah. <laughs> there, it has an opening. So. No, no, no. He's, he's what's going to happen in Episode 12 ah. as, like, the dark ruler. Because, let's be honest here, he's the main villain. That's he's, right. he's a villainous. He is. Um, yeah. And you get to see Santo wrestle Krampus. I think it's great. Sean Brennan, I think that's a fine selection. Adam Patterson, greatest Christmas story ever told. It's the greatest Christmas retelling, I guess yes. it'd be, because it's probably going to be uh, a Christmas Carol, but the Muppet version. And the, oh. reason, and the reason I say the Muppet version is not just my, it's better? my odd love of Muppets and Jim Henson, but it is the, the way that they do it. It's sort of tongue in cheek and fun. Um, <clears throat> And and also the death scene, the where where death comes down as the third angel, you know, and shows him everything. It's he's just fantastic because it's 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 kid like creepy, uh, which Wait, I, I are feel you like saying is death exact, was fantastic. Death was fantastic. Okay, great. Just, just making sure. Just making sure. <laughs> no, I, I thought I thought it was just you know Michael Caine's in it as well as Michael all of your, as well as all of your favorite Disney. Can't help himself. You know, I can't <laughs> honestly. Ever since Eric was like, so if you want to speak like Michael Caine, just just, out, just scream out my cocaine, and that's how he speaks. Yes. <laughs> so I, I I I really love the the Dickens story because I feel like it's it's very simple. And and it follows a lot of the classic storytelling, and there's something almost where where it runs into that subconscious realm of a dream. The entire thing seems like a dream, and and it has a good moral message and all that other fun stuff. But is done in uh, the style of, of the Kermit and yes. Muppets, and I think that's just fantastic. Yeah, no, Gonzo is is your guide. Yes, Rizzo's there because. Comic every, relief guy. Yeah, every yeah. straight man needs a comic relief. That's right. Um, I love the fact that there's just like the rats. Like there's like twenty rats. Yes, and, and it's like uh, it's it's just hilarious because it's there's the one scene where Gonzo is like, "What do you mean you've never been alone? You don't know what being alone is." He's like, "I'm a rat. We have like seven hundred of us everywhere." <laughs> and it's such a weird statement to make, but it's also so very true. Where it's like, oh, right, rats, they're dirty. There's thousands of them. I get it now. That's a good takeaway from the holiday season. <laughs> yeah. You're in, you're in London. Rats. <laughs> you're, you're in London. You're in 18th century London, full of rats. That's <laughs> right on the, the town sign as you walk in, the, as you drive into London. On horse and buggy, I imagine. As appropriate Hungry, times. just find some rats. There's thousands of yes. them. That's right. <laughs> oh, never, to... never mind the bubonic plague. All oh, right, I, I was thinking hard about what my favorite Christmas mm. is, and yeah, no, that's the one thing I always try to watch every year. Yeah, is, same. It's, it's, it, it's, it's. If every story was told with Muppets, I would watch and care. <laughs> like, if someone's like, "Here's an English literature class about old timey literature and the greats, but told through Muppets." Oh. Uh, the, can the Canterbury year. Tales told by Muppets. Done. Done. <laughs> I, I was I wanted to do um Emmett Otter's 
Muppet or yeah, Emmett Otter's Junk Band Christmas, mm-hmm. but I couldn't find it to rewatch it. Out there was there was a YouTube one, but it was horrible. And I found that I did have a VHS, but my player is so dirty that <laughs> <laughs> it's just like rah 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 the oh, entire time. I'm like Christmas. boo. So I I still have my uh, my Christmas Carol. I was like, yes, this is this is every year I watch this two or three times. Therefore, it an is excellent my... standby. No, it's great. So who? Presented the greatest Christmas story of all time. We're going to decide right now. Yeah. Uh, Sean Brennan, why don't you cast your vote? I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with, no, 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 no. I'm not going to be selfish this year. This year. Great. (laughs) This time of year, I'm going to go with Adam Patterson, mainly because my favorite scene is with the Miser Brothers. Ah. (laughs) Because it's like, we're Marley. 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 Whoa. It's so great. And it's, it just furthers my love for those two old men. Who just like jab fun at everything and everyone. They're great. I love it. I love them. All right. That is one vote for Adam. Adam, who do you vote for? I vote for no one. Oh, <laughs> that's good. Because that is good. I, because I say because I say that the stories chosen are, yes. are very banal and, and plain and, and that we should have chosen <laughs> You know, something... Well, that was your... You could have changed Because that. I'm regretting not choosing uh, Krampus. Yes. <laughs> the horror... That, that, or else, that or else the other horror movie with um, with the woman from Buffy. What's yeah. what's that one? Um, Deck the Halls, I believe it is. About the about the ex-murderer who's dressed up like Santa who, who runs around a sorority. Oh, this no. This is not made by Vivid. Are, are you also mad you didn't choose either Black Christmas? Black Christmas, yep. Or uh, Twas the Night? Twas the Night, actually. It's newish. I have not seen Twas it, the it's Night. It's new, and it's actually really good. What's, what is oh, – and there, there's also another one, which is a Swedish film, which is about um, Santa and only Santa's it, – it's not It's not Hogfather, although – oh, damn it. I oh, should have Hog chosen Hogfather. Right, right, right. Ah, Sarah and that's Pratchett. why. Because there's too many out there, and I can't choose one that's the best because Hogfather and Muppet Christmas. <laughs> Wait, what's and I'm Hogfather? Angry. Hogfather. Um, Terry Pratchett. Very brilliant – uh, as, as you can see, I'm adjusting my chair because I'm getting so excited. You're so yeah, uh, you are excited about <laughs> this. No, Hog, Hogfather is an amazing tale by uh, Terry Pratchett that was made by BBC One. Uh, it's like a four-hour miniseries. Oh and, God! And it it stars it stars uh, the woman from or the actress who who also plays the one of the leads in Downton Abbey. I forget her name now. Yes, uh, Lady Mary. Lady Mary. And uh, basically, what it is is it's it's a great satire on christmas and what's happening is, is that there's a finite amount of belief in the world or or whatnot and the actuaries which are the accountants of the universe are trying to stamp out christmas which in that universe the disc world it's called um i forget the name of it but basically it's run by Hogfather. right and it's the exact same christmas setup only it's like the christmas of the uh 1700s where you know it's the old tale of Father Christmas, who's who's good, bad, etc., who, who has very human human motions versus you know oh we're just a just a jolly guy, and and it talks about a lot of these things. And the brilliant thing about it is that it is so droll and so uh, I don't it, it's such a it's such a dry satire. There's one part where death has to. Death has to overtake Santa's job and go around doing it. And there's Of course. Of course. That makes sense. And, and there's a one part where Emily says, Well, if Hogfather isn't true, or you know, well what what 
why is it that we tell these kids these lies about the Hogfather and about the Tooth Fairy and about all these other ones? And Death says to her, well, you have to get used to children or children have to get used to lies. So we start them off with small ones so that, so that like the Tooth Fairy, like, right. like Santa, <laughs> so they can believe the big ones like truth and justice. Oh man, I have to watch you know, and, so, and the flat earther theory. Yes, and, oh, and there's God. there's also the flat earth theory because Discworld is a the world original flat earth. Yeah, is 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 a world on top of four elephants that or yeah, it's a it's a world on right. top of four standing elephants that are on the back of a turtle that travels through the sky. I have to watch this through now. the universe. It's it's a brilliant, brilliant, yeah. and it, it, the great part is that like it starts off where Emily's reading a book to several children because she's a governess, um, <clears throat> and so she's 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 reading this thing and she goes and Jack fell off the beanstalk or Jack chopped down the beanstalk, thereby adding uh, environmental slaughter, murder, and something else to his to his already growing list of. <laughs> It's just awesome. Terry Pratchett so is, uh, you know, a will be missed, of course. Did we lose him in 2017? No, or I think it was two years ago. Oh, okay, gotcha. 16. Oh. Yeah, he Discworld series is fantastic, that, that one yeah. especially. My other selection was going to be Santa's Sleigh uh, from 2005, starring Bill Goldberg, wrestler Bill Goldberg. Oh, who, God. Who oh, yeah, yeah. Is yeah. Santa, who uh, lost a deal with the devil, so he had to carry out the role of Santa Claus for 500 years, but the time is up, and now he's going on a killing spree. And he kills Jesus. a Jewish family at the beginning. Oh, of course. It's, of course. Um, Chris Makes Kattan sense. is one of them. The father from Elf, uh, Will Ferrell's Elf, is... Uh, yes, um... Uh, kills Sonny. a bunch. Yeah, yeah. Sonny, he kills like a but like a table but a table like Fran Drescher, I think, is at the dinner. And, and this is why I'm casting it for nothing, because there are so <laughs> many good, weird Christmas I know. stories. I also Amazing. forgot the Billy and Mandy Christmas special, the grim yes. versions of Billy and Mandy, where Santa yeah. is voiced by Gilbert Godfrey. Yes, you and do. Mrs. Claus is a vampire who bites Santa Claus yeah. and turns into a giant vampire. I love it. And it's, it's, it's so I mean, weird that the South Park Red Sleigh Down to this day still makes me crack up. We have a Red Sleigh Down. We have a, and that's so brilliant. Who who would have mixed those two? Oh, it's awesome. Good stuff. Well, I cast zero. All right. Red and I vote stories. for myself. So we have a, a tie. Again. A tie. And uh, no winner in the Super Showdown oh. Arena. Uh, unfortunately, even at Christmas where you need a winner. Someone to champion, and we don't have that yet again. We have uh, we have, we have Jesus because we're all we have Jesus. <laughs> That's right. Just I always vote. I always season. vote for my white Jesus. Uh, right. Yeah, exactly. And after the show concludes, not only do I have to put this up in uh, on, on iTunes and Stitcher and Spreaker and BuffaloCityLife.com and Wildfire Radio, which you're listening to this on a Tuesday at five o'clock every Tuesday, every other Tuesday, just about. Who am I kidding? Uh, Friday, <laughs> on, on Wildfire Radio at five o'clock on their website I'm done lying or their myself. app that, those are places you can find the website every single week or every other week depending on our usually you know we do it every other week because we have lives and Christmas shopping to do at new super podcast is where you can find us on Twitter find us on Facebook at SeanDewire.com is where you can find me on on Twitter Sean Brennan where can oh. we find you oh man you can find me at Sean Send Sugar yes. on Twitter uh, and you can also find me not standing for these lies anymore. Yes, finally. You like really truth need. and justice. God, I feel so bad not giving you the <laughs> victory it, of the Super Show. Is that Arena four episodes? Really needed to win. Is that four episodes? No, like, it's it's two two-hour episodes. God, 
I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. All right. There, as I say, there, there are Hog several slaughter. other movies out there, but the books are better. Obviously, there's um, there's one about the Postal Service mm-hmm. um, called Going Gun Postal, Post. yeah, which yeah. is about Lip Von Moist. Brilliant. And then and then later on is making money. I'm going to have to bleep that word because a lot of people <laughs> don't. Moist. The word moist, people don't enjoy it. I'm going to have to. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. So it's called Hogfather. Hogfather. It's BBC. It's BBC One, Hogfather. Perfect. And then yeah. after, do, give a gift to yourself. Uh, after watching that, go and dive into the Terry Pratchett Discworld Books universe. I'd say I, I have several. I'll lend them to you. Yeah. Oh, they're amazing. I have a couple yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. The audiobooks are just as good. So if you're not a reader and you're a listener, <laughs> I am illiterate, but yet deaf. <laughs> at Sean Sand Sugars, you can find Sean Brennan. Adam Patterson, where we can find you? At, at Adam R. Patterson on Twitter and at AP Press on Instagram. I'm yes, so glad. Sir. The last time you had such a hard time with that. <laughs> Sometimes I get too excited and my mind is is four steps ahead or three steps behind. And it's or hard a combination to remember our, our digital analog <laughs> out there, the version of ourselves. It's hard to remember who we are in the digital plane. So it takes just, just a second. So just like we take just a second to get our point across is here on the Super Friends Super Show. You, in this case, it took us an hour and a half to do it. So hopefully you got a lot from our Christmas and holiday talk and our superhero talk and comic books um, are still going strong right now. Yeah. No, the new Batman was actually really good. Batman Metal? No, no, no. God, okay. no. Batman Metal not... just came. Uh, issue so 4 Batman Metal weird. came out. No, I meant the actual Batman where the um, ongoing... Batman, Superman... Lois Lane and Catwoman go all on go a, on a date. All right. <laughs> they do. They do. <laughs> it's, uh, it's actually truly adorable. I'm a few issues behind on Batman, and I just saw that that one came out today. I'm like, oh, I'm not looking forward to getting no, to no, that no, one. No, no, no. It's actually it really good. good. All right. it, it's actually going to make me want Is to it, buy it. Issue number I, like 36? 36, 37, 38, okay. whatever. Right. No, it's actually really good. Adam, I think you would enjoy this too. I definitely checked out. It's so self-contained. It <laughs> that no, no. too. It's that so too. self-contained that like you could just be anybody. And, and all, all you need to know is right. that Batman and Catwoman are going to get married and Lois Lane and Superman are a thing. And that's it. You can just – it goes from there. It's great. They should be Great. giving those at comic book shops away as like stocking stuffers because anyone can just get it because, you know, obviously they want people to come back to their stores, but you can just give them away to anyone. That's actually who, that's actually really who doesn't love a great double date story. No, that's actually a really good point. Like self-contained stories like you just have a yeah. bunch of them. Give just them give them away and get them get people back into your comic book stores. So that's happening. And uh, Adam Patterson, you should really pick that up. Tom King is uh, doing a great job on this run of Batman stories right now. As it goes in the, his monthly book, it's a great book, and I, I now I'm excited about getting there because actually I have my reservations about catching up with Batman because I knew that story was coming. But now that no, it's it's, good. Re- it's really All good. Right. Like I actually I actually laughed. Yeah, while reading it, which it's is good. hard with comics. Because I know, right? Comics take so, so seriously, so serious. Yes, sir. Um, and yeah, because a lot of in comics, I just heard the news that all the laughter is dying because they just canceled uh, Gwenpool. The comic oh. book. They just canceled and, that and over Luke Marvel. Cage? And Luke Cage just got canceled, and I feel like it's for racial reasons. More than likely. Breaking this year first in the Super Friends Super Show. So that's been us. Uh, we're going to enjoy our holidays, and uh, you're going to be listening to this, I assume, on a Tuesday. So hopefully you had a good one. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, probably t- uh, Sunday. I'm several days ahead of myself. You're probably going to be listening to this. So this is coming out Sunday morning, so right before Christmas. So you've actually still had a chance to uh, Merry Christmas enjoy it to with you. us. We are not in the future having already invo- enjoyed Christmas here on the recording end of this show. Well, I have. Adam Madison <laughs> has traveled a couple days ahead in the future during his very own Doctor Who Christmas special. <laughs> oh, Are God. you guys watching the Doctor Who Christmas special? I'm very excited. No. No. I am. 
It's uh, they're gonna be two doctors. They she is 12th not. Doctor. She is not a redhead, so that's why I refuse. Ah, Sean Friends got weird, very specific reasons. Yeah, very specific. <laughs> I'm very excited, and we'll uh, she does hopefully not wear glasses. <laughs> that's right. And uh, that's it for us. That's it for me, Adam, and Sean Brennan. Um, last final thoughts. I'm currently reading a comic from 2004 called Shudder, which is stupendously well written. I completely forgot about it until recently, and it's great. Midtown Comics is having a ginormous sale where it's 75% off, so it's like it's less than a dollar. Woohoo! I I found out that God isn't real. <laughs> God is very real. And I know that because seals can have sex with penguins. All right. It's the greatest news in the world. Seals I, can seals have sex with penguins just and <laughs> monkeys have sex with deer. I think I know the, oh, I was going to say now, I thought I knew the, the, the title for this episode, but now I have to, seals have sex with penguins. <laughs> I think hyphen. Hyphen. Do you think that's a live birth? Like a mammal birth or an egg birth? Great question. I'm gonna have to do some reading. Yeah, I have to do some that's reading. that's some maybe maybe it's an egg birth, but it like hatches as they're pushing it out. So therefore, it's 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 one of those called liminal states. All right, save, save this discussion. We're gonna okay. lead off the next episode with this it's, discussion. It's 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 a wet egg, Full. and they have to like like. Yeah, if you want of more it. of this, tune in next time to the Super Friends Super Show, where we are gonna be continuing this discussion on what can mate with what. On the next episode, Merry Christmas, everyone. Goodbye. <laughs>